Good morning, everybody. How are you with the Wake the Fuck Up with Jeff show? Everyone's having a fantastic day today. It's a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday morning here in southern Florida. And we are, our neighborhood is actually pretty much recovered, but the rest of Florida is, southern Florida is actually pretty devastated. It's actually pretty bad. Spent some time uh, in Fort Myers yesterday with a truckload of stuff. Um, donating um, as much as we could. We'll do, we'll do that at least once a week until um, it needs to stop. Um, before I start this, though, the, how we are funding this, believe it or not, is through um, and through this program. And I'm going to lure. Good. Down. Good. Tucker here. Good job. Down. Turn around and come back towards us. Tucker, here! This is the Green to Graduate Program. Oh boy! Which is part of our... Here? There we go. That's my boy. Excellent. The Green to Graduate Program, which is part of our online academy, and it's part of JG Media, which is myself and Joel's company. And um, that's how we fund... Um, from the sale, partial sales of that is how we are funding... Um, the donations um, of, of things, food right now that we're making towards uh, uh, the folks in Southern California, bringing them essential goods. Um, and they are definitely in need. They're definitely in need. And don't believe what the government um, is putting on the TV. This is affecting every single person uh, down in Southern Florida, no matter how they vote, sexual orientation, um, you know, uh, what pronouns they use. Um, it affects everybody. Every single demographic is affected. Every demographic. I mean, if you wanted to really get into it, it's used one way. It's the opposite way of what the media actually says. So, the Wake the Fuck Up show is a podcast that I have started to get people to start waking the fuck up because of the horrific situation we've got right now in the, in the pet industry. I'm a family pet dog trainer. This is geared towards family pets. For working dogs, I can help you with their, your household things, but I don't do sport. I don't do dock diving. I don't do trick trading. I do. I do not do agility. I don't do bite work. I don't do you know nose work. I'm a family pet person, and there's you know tens, hundreds of millions of, of family pets in this country. I mean, most people have more than one. Um, not everybody has one, uh, but most people have multiple dog houses. And at one point, I had twelve, and then six, and then eight. But I kept a steady pack of four. And I'm just one person, so. Um, Today's show, I really want to talk about the first thing you should do when you get a dog. And whether that's a puppy um, or you bring home a dog from anywhere. Basically, when you bring home a dog from anywhere, uh, the first thing you do. And I like it to compare it to a dog coming into a board and trade. Um, I like it to compare it to when a dog first comes into a board and trade. And uh, we talk to the client, and you, we videotape that many times. What is the first thing that we do when the client leaves? We grab the leash, obviously. And if it's jumping at us, we would stop that. If it's excessively barking, we would stop that. Um, and then we would start our leadership skills. In other words, we start working the dog immediately. We don't start hugging the kissing, kissing and getting to know the dog. We will get to know the dog through the work. The work will create the relationship as for us. But for a family pet, 
same thing. The work will create the relationship. What do you want that relationship to be based on? What's the number one thing you want that relationship for your family pet to be to be based on? Now, you're going to have a lot of people, and I've got a slight sniffle, excuse me. You have a lot of people um, that will say, well, I want it to be based on mutual love. Well, guess what? That's not going to fucking work, okay? Because dogs are selfish. Humans are selfish. So now you've got two selfish creatures that want to look out for themselves, basically. The way the dog looks out for themselves is possibly, most likely, not going to be the way that you agree with. Why? Dogs like to bite. They like to piss where they want. They like to destroy things. They like to bark. They like to mount. They like to climb all over people. They like to jump on people. It's fun for them. That's what dogs do. So if you do not stop any unwanted behavior with a family pet, with a dog, the dog will continue to do that behavior. Why is it that we cannot start talking like that? Why is it that people think that God, that, that God, the dogs are there to please humans? I'm not saying that they're there to make your life miserable which is what everybody will always do, the polar opposite. But what I'm saying is dogs are out for themselves. It's fun to rip up cushions and pillows. It's fun to jump on people. It's fun to bark out windows. It's fun to break out of crates. It's fun to run around houses. It's a built-in obstacle course. Dogs love that. Why? Take a dog out into the woods. They've got a built-in obstacle course, and we let them do that. We have a backyard. Run as much as you want. Go over all the equipment we have. Dogs love that. We let them. In the house, do we really want that? Do we really want a dog to be barking out our, our front windows? I've got a neighbor four doors down. Anytime anybody walks by, their dogs go ballistic every single time. So I go by that house five times a day. They bark at us five times a day. That's just us. Imagine everybody else. And we're not talking about one bark. We're talking about the non-stop barking. Non-stop. So what do we do? We work the dog. Leadership stuff. Going in and out of your crate. Thresholds and spatial pressure. You learn how to go into a crate, settle down. You're not a lot of bark. You're not a lot of whine. You can't be pushy. You can't be snotty. Now, I could be describing a probably not an eight-week-old dog, but a lot of that is an eight-week-old dog. But mostly, a lot of these people that are getting adult dogs, which is fine. My next dog is going to be a one-year-old dog and up because I just don't want to raise a puppy right now. And a lot of people are like, but we want to get a puppy so we can shape it. Well, if you know what you're doing, that's a great idea, possibly. But if you have no idea what you're doing, that's a stupid idea because you've got to fuck up the dog. If you do not know how to fully train a dog in all of its commands to fully make sure you can work it through its fear period, to fully stop unwanted behaviors. And if you're going to get a puppy, go for it. But if you do not know how to do all those things, don't. Or 
make sure you hire somebody that does know how to eliminate those things. And that's not going to be based on rewards. Now, we use rewards to train every obedience command. Every, quote, unquote, positive reinforcement training. Yeah, we do that too. It's a small, small, small portion of the dog's life. Literally a small portion of the dog's life. If a dog lives till 12, that's six months of its life. Six months of its life. The other 11 and a half years is correcting for noncompliance, correcting for unwanted behavior, and actually doing stuff with your dog. In order to do stuff with your dog, you have to have a dog that actually listens to you. In order to have a dog listen to you, it has to be trained. In order to first train that dog, yeah, it takes six months. But then you got 11 and a half years. Rewards are over. Now, now staying alive is the reward. Staying alive, which does not involve Olivia Newton-John, John Travolta, if I think that's what the movie they were in. It means doing things. So today, our dog slept through the night, as many people did. Left them out in the morning, as many people do. Fed them, as many people do. And now are outside relaxing, waiting to go swimming. There's a boarding train dog next to me, to my right, in a crate. What did it do? Slept through the night, as it should. First three nights it was here. First week it was here. It wasn't always peaceful until we stopped it. Now it is. So now it sleeps through the night. Went outside, went right to the potty yard, came back in, went right into its thing. going to eat after the show and then it'll start its training so for the dog that is with us for a month what do we do we work the dog train the dog how is the relationship built it's built is a working relationship now how is your family dog built when you work it you can start adding you know more love and affection do we do we give love and affection to our dogs at our training facility sure but not like families do. And that doesn't mean families are wrong. But what do most families do? What do most families do for the first, sometimes lifetime of the dog, but for the first at least couple months, love and affection. Maybe, they'll tr maybe they will train it one command or two commands. Sit, paw, high five. Those are the big ones. Yep, my dog is trained to no sit occasionally. Are you fucking kidding me? That's not dog training. As your ass gets dragged down the street, as your dog barks its head off, as you can't take your dog even to an outdoor cafe or a farmer's market, as you can't drive around the neighborhood without your dog barking its head off. If love and affection could fully off-leash train a dog, I would love to see that. I'd love to see that. If love and affection can stop all these unwanted behaviors, I would love to see that. So love and affection stops countersurfing? Really? I didn't know that. 20 years, 10,000 dogs, I had no idea. Please explain it to me, show it to me, show it to me with multiple dogs, how love and affection stops that. Dog training stops that. Correction stop that. So when you first get a dog, what do you do? You have a game plan. Just got a call yesterday from an old client. So for 20 years, I've trained a lot of dogs. This client is from, ooh, 12 to 14 years ago. They're getting a puppy in seven weeks. Puppy was just born. So they're getting it from a breeder. Breeders are not bad. 
I'll tell you another story right after this about uh, why somebody got a dog from a breeder. So he bought the puppy course that we have. Why? He wants to be prepared. And he already fully trained his dog. And this is not his first dog. It's probably his sixth dog. But he wanted to be the best prepared that he possibly could. So we're already having a conversation. He had a conversation with a breeder. The dog was just born. He's getting the dog in seven weeks. And he had a conversation with a trainer because he's getting a dog in seven weeks. And he already has a vet that he has because he's had dogs and he's going to his same, the same vet. That's called planning. Now, why is this person getting someone from a breeder? A breeder? I don't know his reasons why, but I know he wants a particular dog. But let me tell, tell you a story about a German Shepherd person. They, they've had, they were a canine handler in the military. They've had German Shepherds all their life. Well, when you're 50 years old, 60 years old, you've probably had three, four, five of them. He was ready for another one. They've all naturally died. So he went to a shelter, a rescue, adopt, don't shop. Hashtag, right? That's the big message that's being pushed on everybody. Filled out. It took time to fill out all the forms, which is laborious in this day and age because the forms are so fucking long in the damn contract. Okay? I've closed on many houses. It's easier to close out a house and adopt a dog. And you know what they told him? You don't have a fenced-in yard, no. Really? This is when you need a fenced-in yard to have a dog. You ever heard of training? You ever heard of a leash? You ever heard of a walk? You ever heard of a bike ride? You ever heard of a hike? Why do you need a fenced-in backyard? What? So the dog can't be just left outside unattended? Well, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. With or without a fence. Some people live in HOAs, deed-restricted deed areas. They're, they're all over Florida. You're not allowed to have fences. Well, there's underground fence. Maybe they don't want to do an underground fence. There's a lot of pluses, but there's a lot of minuses to underground fencing. And underground fences don't work always. Many dogs go through them. Many. It also doesn't keep dogs out of your yard. So what's he going to do? I doubt he'll go to a backyard breeder, but that's why many people do. He'll go to a breeder and buy one. He might import one because that's a great way to get German shepherds. It's a great way to get any working dog is through importation because there are good breeders in the U.S., but not as many as there used to be. And as far as German shepherds, it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So when people first get a dog... You start working the dog. When people, like, I can't stress that message enough. So, when you go to pick up that dog, say from a breeder or for a rescue, and you grab the leash, the inner, the training starts right there. Right there, the training starts. No, if it's, if it's a puppy, it's one thing. Bring a little crate with you, soft crate, hard crate, put the dog in the crate for the ride home. If it's a larger dog, sure, put a dog in a crate too. Medium-sized dog, put a dog in a crate. Don't let it whine, don't let it bark. Already have a plan of action. You can do that. The introduction can be not stressful. It's going to be stressful for the dog no matter what, whether you're loving or whether you're whether you're firm. 
but it should be structured. Why do people move away from structure? We've done it with our children. We're doing it with our dogs. We're doing it with life. Since when is that bad? Since when is structure bad? Bring the dog home. These are the rules of the house. Let me educate you right now. I'm not going to wait until you fuck up every single minute of the day and then have to be constantly, what most people do is yelling at their dog. Why aren't we being proactive? Why aren't we teaching the dog? So, and, and, and this is no different. And I just say in the Green to Graduate course, really, really, um, really, really spells it out for you. The Green to Graduate course is incredible. It's under $200. And I'm not, this is not an infomercial at all, even though it sounds like one. But you can take a totally untrained dog. It doesn't know one command, fully off-leash train it. We did it in 11 days. You can do it in a month. And then I've got so much free content out there that helps you with stopping unwanted behaviors, with teaching good manners, but we also do online consults for that. Literally, information is out there for free on how to do everything. And there's also a lot of false information out there. There's a lot of rainbows and sprinkle information out there that makes it look like your dog will listen to everything with lots of rewards and love. Your dog is not going to stop biting you stop biting you because it gets a food reward. Your dog is going to probably increase biting you because it gets a food reward. Or if you redirect it to bite something else, the dog will actually bite you more. Because it's getting a reward. So structure, structure, structure. Give you an example. This dog came in. Owner left. What did we do? We pottied it. It tried to pull through the door. We stopped it. Tried to pull through another door because we've got a swimming cage. Stop that. Kept it on a leash. Why? I'm not going to trust this dog. I don't know if it's going to jump over a fence. I don't know if it's going to try to... Do keep away. It went potty, came back in, went to its crate, had it sit right before its crate, opened up the crate door, wasn't allowed to rush in. Well, how'd you do that? Well, what do, how do you think you do it? It's on a leash. You pull it back. You don't tell it commands. We gave no, we, there was no verbal commands to this dog at all. Because you go to the assumption that it doesn't know anything. This dog actually had a baseline of training. But you go to the assumption that the dog doesn't know anything. And then we tell it to kennel up. It goes in the kennel. If it makes noise, it's, it's quieted down. How? Remote collar. No, you can't use a remote collar on day one of a dog. I'm not talking about an eight-week-old puppy, but on a, a dog, yes, you can. Who told you that? They, they, whoever told you that was wrong. They were incorrect. They were incorrect. You can't stop an unwanted behavior. You can't add a punisher or an inhibitor to a dog before you train it. Who told you that? That's a lie. Of course you can. How long do I have to put up with your barking before I train you a reliable downstay? That's bullshit. And then what do we do? The first day was here. We worked on leadership stuff. We started, we started teaching it how to properly heal in the house, in the backyard, Started teaching its basic commands, reinforcing its basic commands because it knew basic commands, but it didn't know duration. It's also a very nervous, skittish dog. Also barks at everything, charges the front door, barks for the first 15 minutes somebody comes in. 
And it's all, and everything we do is documented. Everything we do is documented, all video proof. Not just once, not just twice, but thousands of times. We're constantly putting stuff up online, up online. Every day, every day. Go to Instagram stories every day. You'll see all these dogs doing stuff. You'll see these dogs doing stuff at Home Depot. And it's like, the people that get it, get it. The people that don't get it, bash it. We had a dog the other day who's at Home Depot. And it was uh, doing a down, stay around all kinds of loud environmentals. That's great training, by the way, to do. You know, the pieces of lattice. We had a piece of lattice on the floor. Dog walked over it. That's great training, by the way. Had a dog sit in front of a, I'm sorry, downstay in front of those automatic doors as they open and close. That's great training. But the people that don't get it, they look at it like, oh, you're freaking the dog out. I'm like, no, Mother Nature is going to freak the dog out. This last hurricane that we just had is going to freak dogs out. You better be prepared. Humans as well. Be prepared for life. But nobody wants to prepare their dogs for more than their emotional needs. I've said that so many times. Dogs, people are getting dogs to meet their emotional needs, and that's the majority of dog ownership. Why? Every person that I talk to that comes in tells me how much they love their dog and what a great dog they have, and then they give me a list of things that would blow your mind. Everything from attacking them to attacking their kids to getting into fights with their other dog. Just those, any one of those three, you can't use, I've got a great dog. You can't use that in the same sentence, same paragraph, same story, same household. You can't own a biting dog and tell me how great it is. Oh, yeah, my dog has bitten my kid really bad. But it's a great dog. It felt bad afterwards. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. You yelled at it, felt bad about that, because I want to be yelled at by you. So how many times is your child going to bit, get bit with your great dog before it becomes an ungreat dog? Or will it ever in your eyes be an ungreat dog? So you stop all that stuff and you stop that stuff from day one. You stop it from any of these unwanted behaviors that it does, you stop. So it never manifests into biting. Now, making sure it doesn't rush out the front door, correcting for that, does that stop a bite? It adds to it. It stacks. It's one of those things that when you knock off enough bad behaviors, they stack up together. So now your dog believes you. But most people are on the reactive side. They wait until the dog does something terrible, but they're not on the proactive side on let's teach the dog as much as we can. Let's proof the dog and then correct it for noncompliance. Let's set the dog up to make mistakes so we can teach it that that was wrong. Wouldn't it be a lot better to teach your dog not going in the trash can is wrong when you can do it in a controlled environment to do it, to wait until the dog does it when you're not looking and you have to rush it to the emergency room? Wouldn't that be a lot better? Wouldn't it be a lot better to teach your dog that counter surfing is wrong before it actually counter surfs when you're not looking? Like, wouldn't that be better? 
Wouldn't it be better to teach your dog that's setting it up to not whine and bark in a crate? Whine and bark in the house is wrong until you leave for four hours and it barks its head off the whole time. And and if you live in a a, a townhouse with a neighbor or even just your neighbors who can probably hear it, they complain about it. Wouldn't that be better? Here's a great example about fenced-in yards. We have a neighbor that's right on the corner down the street from us. They own two German Shepherds. Guess what? They have a fenced-in yard. Guess where those dogs are all day? In the fenced-in yard. Guess what those dogs do all day? Bark their heads off at everything that passes. Never go on a walk. Never go on a car ride, maybe to the vet. Never go to the woods. We live right by the beach. Never go to the beach. They never leave the property. They own three dogs. They never leave the property. Oh, you're retired? So someone's home all the time, right? You have a fenced-in yard. Oh, that's great. You own your own home. Oh, that's great. Sure, you can adopt a dog. And guess what the dog does? And this is times a million. It's in their backyard, barking its head off all day long. Meanwhile, how about all the people out there that are out there doing stuff for their dog that don't have fenced-in yards and they don't bark their heads off all day long? And they're actually trained. I don't know about you, but I'd rather adopt the dog to that family, family number two, than family number one, if I had a choice. But the gods, the gods of the adoption policy won't let you. All right. Get to the questions. And if it's a question about now what I talked about, then we have a Q&A show tonight. What would Jeff do? Um, and it's with myself and Joelle. We do that every Wednesday and Friday. And that's from 6 p.m. Uh, uh, usually for an hour. And we answer all your dog training questions. And I also do private counsels. I do a ton of those. ton of those. Mindy, good morning, Jeff. Somehow my Malinois schedule has gotten changed to where she wants to sleep at day and be up at night. How can I adjust this back to normal time? I mean, that's really not relevant to this, but don't let her sleep during the day. Do stuff for the dog. But dogs sleep a lot. Like, it's not like I'm running my, like, today, all together, all together combined today, between bike rides, walks, swimming, I don't know, two hours. My personal dogs, two hours of exercise, tops. Then they'll chill the rest of the day. So what it is, is if your dog is trying to be up all night, number one, is it in a crate? Is it lying down? Is it shutting up? You can control that. Uh, Donna says that's exactly what I need to hear this morning. Thanks again. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Work your dog. Train your dog. Take a leadership position in your dog. Teach your dog yes. What's even more important than teaching your dog yes is teaching your dog no. I will say that until I die. Of course you teach your dog what you want. Of course you you do reward-based training for things you want. Everybody, I think, is doing that. 90% of the dog trainers are preaching it. But how about all the stuff that your dog 
should not be doing. And it seems like I talk about that all the time. Why? Because nobody else is. Nobody. I've, there's, there are people that are, do, that are doing that. But nobody's screaming and yelling it. But it needs to be screamed and yelled at this point. Why? Because dogs are dying and families are being ruined in an alarming, an alarming case, stage, phase, amount. It is incredible how many unstable, neurotic, untrained, dangerous dogs we are seeing today. And everyone's like, oh, it's breeding, genetics. Genetics play a small role, I'm sure, in the mental stability of a dog. Absolutely. But why is it that the dogs can be good with us when we're professional dog trainers, but not even close to good with their owners? But sometimes it is so much of a polar opposite that it is incredible. That's not genetics. That's the human and of course, humans need to be trained. That's why we spend so much time training the humans. What do you think these shows are for? Why do you think I do six podcasts a week? Do you think fucking dogs listen to these podcasts? No. They're based for humans. Now, some people don't like the way I deliver the information. Fine. Don't like the delivery. Listen to the message. You don't have to like the delivery. Listen to the message. Or I can kiss your fucking ass and sugarcoat everything and lie like most of this industry does and then you'll feel good about it. But meanwhile, you've got an untrained dog that's dangerous. Clint Davis says, bark collars are number one. Bark collars are great, especially when you're not home. It's a fantastic tool. How does a bark collar work? And don't get the citronella ones. Why? Look up citronella. Look, look up what's in it. Also, if you understand the concept of a punisher, a punisher is to be applied. A punisher is to be applied. There's a marker when the dog does the unwanted behavior. Then you apply the punisher, and it usually only lasts for one second. If a citronella, get, get, a, get a can of citronella, squirt it, activate a citronella collar, squirt it. Come back in your house in 15 minutes. Do you or do you not smell it? Yes or no? You do. Punisher's still going on. Citronella sounds nice. Then there's the water, water ones, air. Why don't you still, why don't you just do shock? Everybody's afraid of that. It, does it hurt the dog? It's uncomfortable. Of course it's uncomfortable. Dogs, dogs respond to discomfort. Well, how? They want to avoid it. That's the game. Avoiding discomfort. I bark, it's uncomfortable. I want to avoid being uncomfortable. Then don't bark. Now, some dogs will bark through the, uh, the collar. It could be the wrong setting. It could be the wrong fit. And then there's some dogs that don't care because some dogs go through underground fencing, which is incredibly uncomfortable. Debbie, have a great morning. You wake me up every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with a great rant. Thanks, Debbie. Meanwhile, I've been up since one in the morning. Africa says so. True. Good morning, Africa. Africa, I haven't seen you on our um, online on our pod, uh, on our podcast. Um, Africa is part of our Patreon family. Patreon is um, you can go to patreon.com 
patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash solid canine training. I would encourage everybody to do that. It's $10 a month. So last night, 6 p.m., they're usually at 3, but I had to deliver um, supplies down to, to Fort Myers. I was on the road for five hours. So, so but the three o'clock on Tuesdays, three o'clock on Tuesdays, every week, it's a one-hour Zoom, Q&A Zoom, face-to-face. Literally, face-to-face. People know what Zoom is, right? It's face-to-face. In a nice little group. People can ask their questions. I give their answers. I give the answers. And... You also get 20% off all your courses that you buy from us. 20% off all your consults. So for $10 a month, you can immediately save $40, $50 off your courses. So if you're going to buy a course, join Patreon first. And they even have Patreon for it's $100.80. It's just a weird number. They said it. $100.80 um, uh, a year. So it's $8 a month. And you save 20% off your courses. Best deal in round. We're putting out courses. Um, like we're working on a baby-proofing course right now. We just put out a leash reactivity course. But the Green to Graduate course alone is worth it. Um, Sandra says, hi, Jeff. Long time no see. Love your, lo- love your lives. Thanks. Thanks, Sandra. I've been here. At least three times, six times a week. Um... Debbie Debbie says because they really don't want anybody to adopt animals as far as oh you know as far as shelters you know what you're there's a little bit to a lot of truth about that because they want to grow their angel wings and a lot and this is not everybody guys this isn't everybody this is not every shelter or rescue but many many want to make it extremely difficult. Well, we want to make sure they go into the right home. No shit. But who are you to say what the right home is? You know, there's a lot of people in rescue that don't exactly have their shit together. Again, that's not everybody. But I've met a lot of unstable people in every category of life. But in the, but in the animal world, there's a lot. People probably think I'm unstable. I think I make more sense than most. But there's a lot of people in the shelter system that are lacking love from other places, have self-worth issues, self-esteem issues, and they get it from the dogs. And then they get there. They've also never been in a position of any authority at all, or they've been in an abusive situation, or they've been in a situation that, that sucks at home. They get into the shelter world, and now they can be the leaders. They can be the boss. So they love to be able to tell people what they can and cannot do, including people that want to adopt the dogs. I mean, if you really think about it, a lot of that sounds, you know, makes sense. But it's under the guise of loving of dogs. No, no, no. We love dogs. We want to make sure they get in the right home. Okay. You're experts on that? Show me your fully trained dog that's got good manners. Let's see what your life with your dog is. Who are you to play God? Who are you to determine what, what, what is a good home for a dog? 
colleague of mine is a is a is a world famous trick dog trainer. World famous. Travels the world, been on TV, been on any of those some of those America's great shows. Obviously, she uses a lot of border collies. So one of her border collies got old. She had to retire it. She wanted to get another one. So what did she do? She's living in California at the time. She went to a local shelter. She could not get a dog. She could not get a border collie from anybody. Nobody would adopt a border collie to her. Why? Because she's going to work them. Isn't that a sort of stupid reason not to adopt out a border collie? Because you're going to work the dog? Isn't that a really out-of-touch, idiotic, stupid reason? If you owned a shelter, ran a shelter, in charge of a shelter, and you had a border collie in your shelter, do you think you should adopt that border collie out to a young family that doesn't know shit about dogs, let alone about border collies, or someone who actually specializes in border collies and actually puts them to work? If you truly cared about dogs, and if you truly cared about people, which would be the better candidate? The one that was actually a dog trainer who worked her dogs, that's how idiotic it is. That's how idiotic it is. Deb says, that makes me furious about rescues. I have many clients that were experiencing dog handlers that couldn't um, adopt because, no offense, poor dogs remain in the rescue because of this crazy idea. Yep. So I hear this so many times, over and over and over and over and over again. This is not a small problem. It is a large problem. And it's all under the guise of we care about the dogs. We want the best life for the dogs. Right. So that's why you'll keep the dog in the shelter for longer than it needs to be because you care about the dog. Because you think that a life in a shelter is going to be better than a life in a home. And then everybody's afraid. Well, we don't want dog fighters getting these dogs. How many fucking dog fighters do you think there are out there? How many? How many dog fighters do you think there truly are out there? There's not many. It makes great news. Right? But how about all these dogs that are barking, that are barking in backyards and never even go for a walk? There's more of those. How about dogs that can't even like live a decent life that are destroying homes? There's more of those. Anyway, Deb says because they really don't want anybody to adopt the dog. That's why they can say they're overloaded and, and to get funding. Well, there is definitely a financial incentive to preach a sob story in rescues. There's definitely a, you know, thank you, Ange. There's definitely a, a, a thing out there that will pull a dog from death row pull a dog from death row, right? Mm -hmm. 
there's definitely a um, thing about there. We'll pull a dog from death row that's human and dog aggressive, put it in the shelter, write up a narrative, and they'll get all kinds of money. Meanwhile, the dog shouldn't go into any home, most likely. We have an underground fence for our two English Mastiffs that would rush the line and bark aggressively. I only had to use the handheld decal for two to three days yet. Yep. And many people do not do that, though. So the dog that's down the street that rushes the hard fence, it's a, it's a chain link fence, that can be stopped in one to two sessions. But it's been going on. We've lived here for five months in, in Florida. I bet you they've been, these dogs have been doing it their whole life. Their whole life. According to the neighbors they have. Years. Multiple years. Meanwhile, that can be stopped with just put a bark collar on the dog. It'll stop. Just put a bark collar. That's all you have to do is put a bark collar on the dog. They're under $100. They're under $100. Eli, Jeff, I'm finding Vegas to train a dog who's afraid of kids, age four and two and a half. The problem is the mom never let the dog near the kids, which they, when they were babies, the dog is five, has no bite history. I mean, the dog is totally house trained. I'm going because the mom contacted me because the kids are sad because they can't get the dog to interact with them. Um, daily food training with kids eventually involved. What would Jeff do? Well, Eli, if you're the one, to have them fly me out there. I'll train the dogs. Come on, Eli. You should know what to do, buddy. So, you know, it could be an aloof dog, too. It could be an aloof dog. So, sounds like a paranoid parent. I mean, it could be a dangerous situation if the, if the kids are put too much pressure. But how about just having the kids do stuff with the dogs? Like you mentioned, just do stuff. A five-year-old can can do stuff. That doesn't mean love. See, this is the problem that people think that's like, well, the kids don't have to hug the dog, nor should they hug the dog, but they can do stuff with the dog. Play chuck it, go on walks, do training, read a book. I put up, a, I put up a, a post on our Instagram stories with Goose lying in place while Angelo was putting together his Minecraft Legos the other day. Well, that's interaction. Is it direct interaction? No, but it's indirect interaction. They're right next to each other. And this dog is being baby-proof because they've got a, a young child and another one on the way. So we're going to be baby-proofing this dog as well. People's association with kids and dogs is just, again, love and affection. There's no structure. Africa says it was late and I forgot. That's okay, Africa. Betsy, good morning. We just got your green to graduate program. We just also added a one-year-old golden doodle to our pack of four. The bonker sure help with barking at the door. Sure does. That's why we put it in the video. We only make videos and I only preach on stuff that works. See, that's the thing. I only talk about stuff that we have done hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands of times. 
and that has worked. If it has not worked for us personally, we do not talk about it. That doesn't mean there are not other things you can do, but if it does, but if we have not done it, how can I how can I tell people that it works if I've never done it before? Now, if I've got trusted colleagues that have done it, sure, of course I'll mention it. But the bonker, which is a wrapped up cotton towel, I'm going to do a show on the bonker. This whole bonker debacle, which is bullshit, all the hate that we got from that. But it's more about these people that are like so, so, so concerned about like a cotton towel being thrown at a dog, comparing it to hitting or beating a dog. This is a cotton towel. People are like, oh my God, there's like a frozen water bottle, a metal stick. You're throwing a hard dog bone at the dog. You're an idiot. Give me a break. Grow some brain cells. It's a fucking cotton towel. I've got a video on it. I show how it's made. These are my videos that are being that are being that are being stolen and, and edited down and putting false narrative. They're my own videos. Connect the dots, everybody. The full videos, the full 20-minute videos are up on YouTube with full explanations. Lori says, maybe silly question, but I do a lot um, with my dogs, training, exercise, etc. I don't have the desire to pet them much. Do they need a certain amount of love and affection? No. I mean, yes. No. I don't know. I don't know your dogs. Some dogs like it. Some dogs don't. My Malinois, if you give it too much petting, it goes freaking bonkers. Then it gets annoying. If I if I had to give my dog my Malinois a choice between playing Chuck It or getting pet, it would pick Chuck It every time. Every time. Good morning, uh, training with Rish. Good morning. Glad I caught you live. This is my second or third in a week. Awesome. And we're doing these three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 8 a.m. Um, Ellie says, good point is so true. Not sure what that was referring to, but thank you. Um, Roxana, shopping for my educator for my seminar uh, with you in May 23. Do I buy the mini educator? Mini educator is a good, good remote. We use it on 95% of the dogs. If you had a long fur dog, make sure you get the thick fur contact points, not just the long ones, but the thick fur ones. Um, or do I need the full size for a medium border collie? This one says half a mile range. Yeah, the, the mini educator goes to half a mile. Then there's the boss that goes three quarters of a mile, and it also goes up to high. Um, same numbers, but it goes from low to high, where low to medium is a mini educator. I don't know the dog. I mean, border collies can be, can be and usually are pretty drivey. But a lot of dogs blow through. We've got a shepherdoodle here who blows through high numbers. Well, it all depends on what's going on, what the distraction also is. Um, Roxana says, I just had a genetically tested border collie litter and look for working homes specifically. Yeah. Now, a lot of families should not have cattle dogs or border collies. They should be looking for people that are, I mean, there's so many people doing agility. There's so many people doing, you know, you know, competition work. There's so many people that are doing trick training. There's so many people that are doing, you know, there's not as many farmers out there, but there's a ton of, you know, there's a lot of dogs out there that are working farms. But even if you have a farm, even if you've got land, but even if you're like doing daily hikes on your property, 
but it's a heck of a lot better than sitting in a house all day. Roxana, colleagues actually want to work and do much better in working homes versus pet homes. A litter of seven and all were higher drive, but one who was we chose for the pet home. Herding instinct was very low. He's happy with children and a nice basset hound temperament. Wow. A border collie with a basset hound temperament. Actually, one of the worst bites I ever got was a basset hound. It was this Angelo. Wes. Um, there was a... Um, a uh, basset hound, they weighed at least 100 pounds. I'm surprised it actually can get up and walk. And it bit its owners a ton. Their legs, all the family's legs were all black and blue. Went after the wife the most. And the dog guarded food. This was the beginning of my career. So probably 15 years ago, maybe 16 years ago. Um, I've been doing this for 20 years. And um, we put it, we put a, I didn't set up the, the, the safety protocols that we would do now. So another thing about talking to an experienced dog trainer, they will make sure that you've got proper safety protocols. They'll help you eliminate a lot of your unwanted behaviors. We offer a mentorship program. Find someone to, to that, that um, you can mentor underneath. They can actually teach you. And um, you'd be surprised how much time and money and mistakes and personal safety you can save. But in a, and then imagine a 100-pound um, basset hound jumping up high enough to bite me in the chest, knock me to the ground, and then start attacking me. It's a basset hound for you. Those this basset hound. Melissa, yes, purple handset is for small. Don't get that one. I have three because it works for them. Handset should be yellow, black, and white and black. Um, well, the, the color, the color of the handset, that's just a that pops off. Just to let you know. The handset cover pops off. I can make a handset any color. You can do so. The camouflage one, the yin yang one, the black white one, the pink one, the red one. Those are all the same colors. It's the model number you want. But for three to four dogs, you want to get the easy educator because that goes up to four dogs, where the mini educator only goes up to two dogs. Sue O'Rourke. Can you do a wake the fuck up about the specifics, the specifics of your, your daily re routine? I watched videos of your family like 10 years ago, and you look so much healthier and younger now. I think that, oh, my, my lifestyle, you mean? Oh, I think that would be interesting, um, although it's not a dog training related, so I understand if you reject that suggestion. Sue, I reject that suggestion. I've talked about my daily routine many times. I don't know if it's healthy because I get up at one in the morning. I don't. Know, I don't know how healthy that is. And I know Joelle, who's a fitness coach, freaking screams her head off at me, and she tells me that it's not exactly the healthiest thing. And you got to believe her. But I eat healthy. I work out. Yelling and screaming on podcasts. That'll keep you healthy. How's that? Kim says, coming to Virginia, unfortunately, I know a few rescues who do no vetting. Um, that's, you know, in a way, like, is that the best thing? Maybe, maybe not. It's all a crapshoot anyway. Some people are like, oh, my God, they might go to terrible homes. I'm like, but they also might not go to terrible homes. 
Anybody can fill out an application and lie. I know many, many, many people who do. Many people, many rescues will say you're not allowed to use shock collars or um, you can only use positive reinforcement only. Well, what do you think the people that are filling out the application put down? Yep, that's all we're going to do. Don't lie. Is it ethical to do? No. Sid, good morning, Jeff. I couldn't adopt a German Shepherd because I have cats. Give me a break. I always had cats and cats at the same time. Punishment works for that. Yeah. Last night, two nights ago, I'm sorry. Two nights ago, we're walking down the street with Wes and uh, Goose, the boarding train, and then Tex and Angelo, Joel, and myself. We're walking down the street, and there's a little boy that likes to throw a stick for Wes. And they have a cat. And Wes has no problem taking out cats. No problem. So Wes went up to the little boy, two feet away from the cat. Didn't bother the cat. Why? Because he's been trained not to. It's called dog training. You fucking don't go near cats. You don't chase cats. You don't kill cats. It's called dog training. And he was off leash. 300 is the item number. Yeah, the 300 is the model number. But the cover can be any color. The cover doesn't matter. It's the, it's the collar number. So there's 300, which is called the mini educator. Then there's the 302, which means it's a two-dog. But you can make a 300 become a two-dog system now. Then there's the 400, which is more powerful, larger handset. So the, the, the color of the cover doesn't matter. Traditionally, it comes yellow. But you can get it with with all kinds of colors. You can order it with all kinds of colors. BL, um, LOL, was guilty of thinking all men who adopt a pit bull must be dog fighting or treating the dog terribly. I was stupid until my mind was changed a few years ago. Yeah. That's stereotyping. It's even worse when there's someone, you know, it's someone that's black. Yep. All black, all black people with, with pit bulls, you know, are fighting their dogs. No. Not true at all. Farthest thing from it. The farthest thing from it. In fact, most most dogfighting rings are probably down south with a bunch of white people. I don't know the numbers. You'd have to contact somebody on that one. But I wouldn't be surprised. Mark says, I had the exact experience you mentioned about rescues. I wanted to adopt a German Shepherd and found the one that appeared to be a good fit. They would let me adopt because I didn't have a fence yard. I think I was actually, Mark, I think the story was actually referring to you that I just gave. Because I think you told me that story. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, he says they like, they like it. Not sure what that was. Um, oh, effect, physical affection. Yeah. Uh -huh. I checked a bunker across the room last night, ran on target, surprised myself with my aim. Good for you. What he says, they want affection? Well, then give them affection if they want. But it's also, it's like, what, what do you want? I mean, everything and everything and, you know, everything has to be relative. Oh, shit, it's 8.58. Angela's got online school. He has to use my computer. Um, Africa says, did you give Wes a command to go over to the little boy? Yes, we did. We released him. Because he's he knows to to stay next to us and not, and not leave us, not leave our side. He knows that. It's for safety. He's off leash. All right, guys, got to go. Angelo's got to do online school. Angelo, come over here. You have to do your online school in two minutes. 
he's a homeschool kid, but we, I just signed him up for this great program because Florida offers some um, free online schooling and he's just taking a couple of subjects. All right. All right, guys, madly in love with you. Take care. Wake the fuck up with Jeff. Remember, go to academy.solidk9training.com. Join Patreon. Get 20% for 10 bucks a month. Join, get 20% off your courses. Join it for a year. It's $100.80. You get 20% off your courses. And it's a game changer. All right? Love you.